What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? We are back at it again with another episode. And guys, we have finally made it to Friday. We are at the end of the week, another amazing week, sports-wise, life-wise, whatever it might be. Guys, I do apologize if on Friday and Saturday I'm not really posting too, too much on the Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. You know, Instagram and TikTok, simply for the fact that I am moving houses, but I will try and make sure that I at least upload either something early Friday and Saturday or do something later on Friday and Saturday. But once again, I do apologize for that, but I will be making sure I still give y'all, you know, our weekly episodes. Now, guys, we do have some big news that we do need to talk about in today's episode. First, is going to be discussing Debo Samuel. Or not, it won't be the first part of the segment of the episode, but we will be talking about Debo Samuel and the fact that he is officially you know, requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers, which had been rumored by his brother on Twitter, and a lot of people kind of just swept it under the rug thinking, okay, yeah, 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 he's just talking to talk, what you know, whatever, but it actually became true. Debo did officially announce it. We'll also be discussing some college football um, news. We got a lot of spring games coming up on, you know, today on Friday and then on Saturday as well, so that this will definitely be an amazing weekend for college football-wise, and then we'll finish off the episode talking about a little bit of N- NBA, some MLB things, and you know, just continue to talk about what we always talk about. So, guys, I hope you all enjoy today's episode. But before we do start, I want to ask you all to please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. I'll make sure to leave a link down in the description. So, guys, let's get right into today's episode. And the first couple of news I want to talk about in college football today is, is not really news news, but it's some interesting stats and then some cool uniforms that are returning for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, for the first kind of news, I guess you could say we have is regarding Alabama. Now, we know since Nick Saban took over at Alabama back in 2007, they've been a powerhouse. They've won, I think, five national championships, you know, made countless NFL players, whether you got guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry. The list goes on and on and on. I can't even my my brain right now is hurting just from thinking about all the guys right now that are still in the NFL from the whole Nick Saban tree. So you, Julio Jones. I mean, it's it's a long list, but you know Nick Saban came out and said that Alabama football players have made over 1.7 billion dollars in the NFL since he arrived at in 2007. billion in contract money. Now, this isn't just total money, you know, ads and everything. This is just off of contract money that they made in the NFL. Now, this doesn't shock me with guys, you know, like Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, Deron Payne, you know, some of these, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's probably about to get paid, you know, a huge bag. You've got Jalen Waddle, Tua, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So it doesn't really shock me to, you know, think that, hey, they are, they made practically almost $2 billion, you know, in profit off the NFL, you know, through their contracts. So that, I thought that was just a cool, you know, stat I wanted to share with y'all that Nick Saban said in an interview. And that just shows you how 
dominant, you know, Alabama is at, you know, getting players to the next level. You know, Alabama can't get roasted for not having, you know, any trophies on their shelves like, you know, Texas and Texas A&M did by that four-star recruit. So, but no, definitely just really cool to think that, hey, you know, they've made $2 billion. And this is just since 2007, which was only 15 years ago, and they've already made $2 billion, So, anyway, I'm not going to keep, you know, sounding like a broken record, but the next news I do want to talk about and it's the Georgia and Georgia in case you don't know they used to have these block number jerseys and in my opinion I always liked them but they've worn them they wore them for a while and like I, don't, I forgot why they got rid of them but they will be returning in 2022 Georgia announced earlier on Thursday that they will be bringing back the block number jerseys so who knows they might continue to dominate with these new block numbered uniforms I like him personally. Definitely should go check out TND Takeover. He has the picture on his Instagram of what they look like. They're really nice, in my opinion. They they look clean. They're simple. They're not like you know trying to do too much. And that's the one thing I've kind of always liked about Georgia's unis. They're just traditional. You know, you got you got teams like Alabama, you got LSU, Notre Dame, just Penn State, for example. They're just simple, clean looks. So, but Georgia fans, that is something to actually look forward to. Now, let's finally get into some transfer portal news and some commitment news. And the first news we have is regarding Arizona State freshman linebacker Eric Gentry. Eric Gentry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to butcher his name. Um, Eric Gentry, he was a freshman All-American this past season with the Sun Devils where he put up 45, yeah, 45 tackles with five for loss and was pretty much one of the few bright spots on a pretty disappointing Arizona State team besides guys like Jaden Daniels. Now, coming out of high school, Eric was not a super highly touted recruit, you know, only being a three-star and the and the 776th ranked player in the class of 2021, but nothing less, he was still an amazing player for Arizona State, and a lot of teams that have been rumored to possibly go after Eric is Miami, and it makes sense because they're constantly trying to get after a lot of these edge rushers. I was kind of shocked they never tried to go after um, former TCU outside, um, or I guess he was an edge rusher, I almost said linebacker, but... Um, edge rusher Oshawn Mathis because I thought he would have really you know fit in right with um, Miami so definitely watch out probably for Miami to be the leading team to land the super talented um, sophomore so yeah another huge name enters the transfer portal and speaking of huge names the next news we have it's actually regarding former Oklahoma and UCF wide receiver Jalen Robinson now Jalen Robinson he enters the transfer portal after putting up 55 catches on 979 yards last season with the Golden Knights and I mean probably was one of his best career years so far that he's been in college football but the one thing that has derailed his his career whether it was at Oklahoma or before he did or uh, or after he ended up transferring to UCF was the fact he simply just could not stay healthy and would always kind of get pushed down the depth chart now when he was in Josh Heupel's offense he looked really good kind of what gave him that career year in 2020 so some possible teams that you might want to look out for is I'd probably say the front runner right now would be Tennessee simply for the fact he would reunite with Josh Heupel which made him look absolutely fantastic or he might end up going back to Oklahoma and reuniting with his starting quarterback and Dylan Gabriel who recently just transferred to Oklahoma from UCF so I'd say probably the dark horse team and this is not bias I know it's going to sound absolutely like bias but I think a dark horse possibly to land the super talented wide receiver could be TCU. Now you're probably saying, why would he want to go to TCU? Well, Jalen, he is from the Fort Worth you know, area, and he actually went to All Saints High School, in which is literally kind of like a pipeline school to TCU. So he has connections to Fort Worth. I mean, we've got Quentin Johnson, who's one of the best wide receivers in the country easily, in my opinion. 
but we still kind of need a solidified wide receiver too, and I think Jalen would easily fit into that role considering he still does have two years of eligibility left. And, you know, if he possibly breaks out this year, him and Quentin could both enter the draft. So just another team to watch out for, but I definitely would expect probably Tennessee and Oklahoma to be the front runners to land the former talented wide receiver. Now the next news we have is actually regarding former Florida Gators starting quarterback Emory Jones. Now Emory Jones, he was kind of an oddball situation when he was at Florida. Not for the fact he never had the athleticism because definitely he could easily get out of the pocket and was you know, explosive in my opinion, but he always kind of lacked a lot of discipline and he never made the right reads and would kind of throw balls that you just should never throw, but nothing less. The talent was still there. I mean, he sat behind Kyle Trask for two years, waited his turn, and then this past season when he finally – you know, got the got the you know the reins to be the starting quarterback, um, freshman star quarterback Anthony Richardson, who just committed to Florida the past off season. He, you know, he kind of took over and it slowly started to become his team. And we could definitely tell Emory was going to soon be on his way out of Gainesville, especially when Billy Napier, you know, came over from U- University of Louisiana Lafayette. Now, Emory's kind of been in the transfer portal for a decent amount of time now. We haven't really heard too much about him, but we finally have getting some news about Emory. Um, Emory, he will actually be taking an official visit to Arizona State this state this next week. So, something just to watch out for the fact that, you know, Arizona State, they did lose Jaden Daniels to LSU. And obviously, I don't think former Alabama quarterback Paul Tyson, which is actually the great-grandson of the legendary college football coach Bear Bryant, his grandson, I don't think, he, I don't think he'll be a solidified starter I think he's better off as a you know more of a depth guy so getting a guy and a veteran guy like Emory Jones on your team would definitely be a huge boost for Herm Edwards and his staff who just kind of seem to be taking loss after loss after loss especially losing Eric Gentry to the transfer portal and then obviously losing Jaden Daniels a couple weeks to LSU so nothing less Arizona State fans y'all might finally be getting some decent news now, don't expect him to, you know, instantly turn y'all into, you know, a bowl, a bowl contending team. But he will at least give y'all a spark for this upcoming season if he does end up committing to the Sun Devils. Now, for the final topic I want to talk about for our college football segment, it's regarding Utah State. They haven't gotten any transfer, you know, there's not any commitment or transfer news regarding them. But it's kind of betting news, and I don't want to strictly just talk about betting news because I don't really encourage it, but... It all started earlier on this week when a guy made a $1,000 bet on Utah State to win or to make the playoffs and then end up winning the national championship, which is practically impossible. But he, but he I guess he decided to have the, you know, he had the money and he decided to bet it. And the odds pretty much would end up giving him a million dollars if it ended up coming true. And because of this, there's literally been three more $1,000 bets now that have been put on Utah, Utah State and I just think it's insane because it actually moved the odds from being a thousand and one to seven hundred and fifty and one simply from the fact that so many people are starting to place these one thousand dollar bets on Utah State to make the playoffs and win. Now, they won't. I mean, we've seen undefeated teams, you know, undefeated group of five teams who have not made, you know, not made the college football playoffs. I mean, Cincinnati barely made it, and they had one of the probably best seasons we've ever seen from a group of five team, you know, knocking off. Uh, top 10 team in Notre Dame earlier on in the year which was actually in South Bend so I mean nothing less you no no offense no offense to Utah State but there's no chance in heck they would even make a New York six bowl but I do think it's kind of funny the fact that you know it's kind of starting a weird trend where people just I mean and I don't encourage you to bet a thousand dollars because you're just going to be losing that money betting that on Utah State but 
I do think it's kind of funny the fact that the odds were so low, but the outcome would be so much money. That's kind of like, well, shoot, if it happens, hey, I'll at least get a million dollars out of it. So, but nothing less, guys. That is it for today's college football news. Um, before we do move on to the NFL side of today's um segment, I do want to first give a huge shout out to Coach Dykes and the TCU football staff. Y'all have been treating me so amazing. The couple spring practices I've been to. I mean, it, I love the atmosphere that Coach Dykes and his coaching staff has brought. I mean, these guys are having fun this year. I mean, it, it it looks like a whole different team under Coach Sonny Dykes than it did with Gary. And don't get me wrong, I love Coach P. I will forever, <clears throat> I will forever, you know, be thankful for what he did for TCU and how he pretty much brought this program up from nothing. But I do think it was time for change and. I think Coach Dykes fits this environment really well. I mean, he brought in great assistants. He brought in Coach Jones from Memphis, who's produced guys like Antonio Gibson and Tony Pollard. And I mean, we've already got guys like Kendra Miller, Amari DiMercato, that look to be, you know, look to be poised to make a breakout year this year. And I mean, it's, it's just, I'm really excited for the future of this, this team. And I want to give a shout out to Coach Maxwell. Coach Maxwell, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you so much for just bringing the energy every single day for the team. And, it's just, once again, I just want to give a shout out to all my TCU guys, Noah Daniels, CJ Caesar, y'all boys truly are some stu- y'all truly are some studs, and I can't wait to ball- see y'all ball out, especially tonight. You know, as we have our spring game, so I hope I catch any of y'all out there. I mean, genuinely, make sure to come to TCU's spring game if you do live in the Fort Worth area. It's definitely gonna be worth it seeing this new coaching staff. But guys, enough for me, you know, jambling and everything about my TCU Horn Frogs. Let's get on to some NF. NFL news now there hasn't been too too much but the one major news that did happen is some huge news now this is coming from the San Francisco 49ers and their star wide receiver Debo Samuel Debo Samuel and the 49ers have been dealing with a lot of contract extension talks and they've kind of just subsided at this point because in it that just Debo didn't really feel like San Francisco was taking his opinion or how he felt about the whole situation in effect and they kind of just said you know what forget it we're not going to worry about getting you signed now, but Debo wants to be able to get signed now, considering the fact that, hey, he did come off a career year. I mean, really, I mean, one of the best, you know, one of the, not career, I'm sorry, guys, one of the best seasons we've seen probably almost ever, because, in fact, he was a hybrid. He was a wide receiver and running back hybrid, and I mean, he exploded onto the scene versus his first couple of years in the NFL after he got drafted out of South Carolina. But is officially been announced after his brother pretty much leaked it that Debo Samuel has officially asked for a trade from the 49ers. Now, I don't think this is as, this is as breaking as like Tyreek Hill asking for a trade or when Devontae Adams asked for a trade because those guys are easily, you know, top five in the league. Now, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel is easily going to probably end up being top ten again this year if he has even a remotely similar, similar year that, that he had uh, last year. Now, the one thing that I've been hearing, and it's kind of been... Now, Debo doesn't want to disclose why he wanted a trade, but it has been rumored that he wanted to be more of a traditional wide receiver and, and you know, not more of a, like a wildcat, you know, running back and wide receiver duo mix. So, and obviously San Francisco, they didn't want that. They wanted him to continue to be that running back wide receiver, you know, model, which that will take an effect on your body. So, I, you know, I give a lot of respect to Debo for that. But also at the same time, he's going he's gonna to make his money by being that you know that hybrid of a player so it'll be interesting to see who ends up coming to get D- 
Debo, I think he'll easily get picked up. I know the Jets, you know, have been rumored to get him. Now, I don't think Debo wants to go to the Jets, but obviously if the Jets give up a hefty price, they'll easily get him. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. I really hope we see him in a team like Green Bay or New England or possibly even Indianapolis or the Cowboys. The Cowboys have actually been kind of rumored to, you know, they've already they made, a, they made an offer to get him the past couple weeks. And, you know, he's liked a couple of tweets, you know, that, that have been talking about him coming to Dallas. And I think he'd be a great fit. But the only problem is what would be the asking fee from the 49ers to get Debo? Because yet, yet again, Debo, he yes, he is on his contract year. But at the same time, you know, he's still a star. And if the 49ers are going to at least want to be able to get at least one more year out of Debo, they're going to try to. Now, I don't think he'd play for him this year if they didn't trade him. So regardless, it'd be a waste of money. But at the same time. I think they have to trade him now because his value is so high. So, But, yeah, Debo Samuel, star wide receiver slash running back hybrid. He is officially on his way out of the San Francisco 49ers organization unless something, you know, magically happens. No, I'm not going to say he won't stay with the 49ers, but as of right now, he's looking to be on his way out. Now, the next news we have is actually regarding Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals. Now, we've seen this whole offseason where Kyler's deleted pictures of the Cardinals off Instagram and deleted them out of his bio and, you know, kind of doing the whole social media thing where you just delete everything of the team you're on and just kind of go ghost. Well, Kyler Murray actually states stated on his Twitter that Arizona is, you know, the place he wants to stay and win Super Bowls and that he's not going anywhere. And then when the GM of the Arizona Cardinals got asked about would, you know, would they trade Kyler Murray for the right price, they said absolutely not. So it looks like the whole um, Kyler Murray and Arizona situation has kind of de-escalated. I never really saw why Kyler. I mean, yeah, Kyler deserves to get paid, but at the same time, he hasn't put up anything impressive enough to be demanding forty million plus a year. Now, yes, he is definitely probably a top fifteen quarterback in the league, but when we've seen him in crunch time and in the playoffs. He just doesn't look like the quarterback that got drafted number one overall out of Oklahoma. We even saw glimpses of that when he played against Alabama at Oklahoma. So it's just, it's one of those things where, yeah, there's not going to be a better replacement than Kyler Murray. But at the same time, you don't want to pay a guy that you're going to eventually move on from, you know, $40 million a season and get stuck in a huge contract. They're probably saying, what are you talking about? Why would they move on from him? Well, if the next generational quarterback comes around and, you know, Kyler's absolutely in a slump and it's almost like a Josh Rosen stance again with, you know, the Cardinals, they're going to want to get rid of him. But the problem is if you do what the Cowboys have done with Zeke and you give him a whole bunch of guaranteed money, you know, and then, you know, he completely falls off the cliff, you're going to end up regretting it. So now I do think Kyler will make a lot more improvements simply for the fact that he finally did get into the playoffs and got a little bit of taste of what happened. And yes, I know they did play the Super Bowl, you know, winning LA Rams during the wild card game, but at the same time, you can't give up two costly picks, a bunch of turnovers, and a bunch of really dumb passes. So hopefully Kyler does make strides in the right direction, you know, for the team because I do think, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, all of those guys, they do deserve to be able to win a Super Bowl considering for what they've done for the, you know, their organizations who at the times, you know, with AJ in Cincinnati and then DeAndre in Houston were both pretty bad considering the the couple years where both teams were, you know, decent, but yeah, so Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, it seems like everything is okay and Kyler's kind of off that trade market even though he was never on it. So we can completely quit talking about if he's going to end up getting traded. He is staying in Arizona. 
Now, the next news I want to talk about is regarding the Chicago Bears. The Bears have signed former Seahawks wide receiver David Moore, and I love this for the Bears. Now, I don't understand why they went and got Byron Pringle if they were going to end up getting David Moore because David Moore and Byron Pringle kind of have similar play styles where they're both really fast, good, deep ball threats, and David Moore is kind of better at a wide receiver three position. You know, when he was with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf up in Seattle, and, I mean, they flourished very well. And, I mean, when he got when he got that decent contract from the Panthers, I thought all was going to go well for him. But things just didn't work out in Carolina, and he kind of just started bouncing back and forth. But now he ends up on the Bears. But I do think the Bears are making some decent moves. But Justin Fields is going to need a lot more help than David Moore and Byron Pringle. And, yes, yes, he still does have David Montgomery. But who else? Y'all lost Allen Robinson to the Rams in the offseason. You traded away Khalil Mack on defense. You don't have Kyle Fuller anymore. You don't really have any. I mean, you don't have any huge defensive pieces probably besides Eddie Jackson at this point. And then obviously, and yes, guys, I did not forget about Roquan Smith. Roquan is probably the best defensive player on the Bears. I mean, he's been snubbed numerous times from the Pro Bowl and even all pro selections. So. Definitely the Bears, I think, are going to be in a rebuilding year once again. I would not expect them to win probably more than seven games at most. Or if they somehow miraculously win nine, I could see that happening. But, yeah, don't expect too much from the Bears this year simply for the fact they just they don't have the talent on that roster anymore that they did back in, you know, like 2018. So um, the next news I do want to talk about and kind of the final NFL news I want to talk about is the Riddell Axiom. Now, we've seen this is the new generation of Riddell Helmets. So we've had, you know, the, the right L speed, the right L speed flex, and then now we have the right L axiom, which at first I didn't really like it that much. It kind of reminded me a lot of like a Star Wars or like Power Ranger helmet. But, you know, since I've actually seen it in person at TCU spring practice and I've seen it, you know, just everywhere else, it's actually starting to kind of grow on me. But we're finally seeing the right L, you know, in the NFL. And it first appeared with New York Giants safety Julian Love, the former Notre Dame safety. And, I think personally it kind of looks good on NFL teams. I mean, yes, I do think the face mask will be kind of an issue for me, but like the um the I guess yeah, the shell of the helmet, you know how it's got all the different pads and everything like that. It looks decent. I like that part. I just I just really wish they would do something with the face mask. Like I understand they do it to give the player a better field field of view, but it just looks so off. Like I don't like, ugh, I don't know. But yeah, so we're finally seeing the Rydell Axiom. It has officially made its way into the NFL, and hopefully we do get it in the next Madden. And then obviously when NCAA comes out next year, hopefully we'll be able to see it in that too. Now guys, we are done with the NFL portion of today's episode, and we'll drastically make our way to the NBA side. And as you all know, we are in the postseason for the NBA. Playoffs are literally underway. And it's actually been, there's actually been some decent series. I know Boston, they're kind of taking over the you know their series against the Brooklyn Nets. Katie and Kyrie had a horrible game too. I think they shot like a combined ten out of thirty-seven. It just, it was not good for the Brooklyn Nets, and it's not looking good for them at all. Now Golden State, Golden State is also dominating Denver two to zero right now in that in that um in that series. I'm kind of shocked to see Denver. At least they haven't won a game yet. Now I am making this on Thursday night before a lot of these games finish, so obviously some of it will change. Now, um, in the Memphis and Minnesota Timberwolves series, Memphis is leading that series 2-1. to one. Memphis made an amazing comeback in Game 3 to end up taking it against the Timberwolves. So, 
that's been a pretty entertaining series so far with guys like John Morant and Anthony Edwards. Now in the Phoenix Suns and New Orleans Pelican series, Phoenix actually got some pretty bad news. Uh, Devin Booker, he will be out two to three weeks at minimum with, I forgot what the injury was, but he's out with an injury. So Phoenix, they lose their starting guard and one of the better guards in the NBA, you know, a possible MVP finalist. So, I mean, the series right now is tied one to one, but New Orleans might be able to kind of snub this series away simply for the fact the Suns, they will not have Devin Booker anymore. Now, some good news for my Dallas Maverick fans. Luka is expected to return in Game 4. He will not be returning in Game 3, but he will be expected to return in Game 4. Now, right now, the Mavericks and the Utah Jazz are currently tied 1-1, and Game 3 will be played on Thursday night, which, I mean, it's been a really good series so far. I'm kind of shocked Utah hasn't been able to be a little bit more productive, but Jalen Brunson has taken on a huge role, and he's done well in it. I definitely expect Jalen Brunson to probably get pursued by a lot of teams come free agency because, I mean, he put up 41, I think it was in game two, and absolutely went off for the Mavericks, and it pretty much single-handedly almost won them that game. Now for the Miami Heat and Atlanta Hawks series, the Miami Heat currently lead 2-0. to zero. Not really shocking. I mean, Trey Young hasn't looked like Trey Young, and there's just, I mean, Atlanta just doesn't really have great depth either, so that kind of screws them over a little bit. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors, that, seri that series is currently in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers, 3-0. Uh, Joel Embiid for MVP, that's all I got to say. He had a game-winning three in game three to take that one in Toronto. He got to trash talk Drake a little bit. That was pretty funny. So, yeah, Joel Embiid continues to make the argument for being um, the NBA MVP of the season. So, yeah. So, guys, that is it for today's NBA news, and we really only have one MLB thing to talk about, and that's regards to um, expansion. So it hasn't really been discussed too much in the MLB world as of lately because, I mean, we haven't really seen a need for it. But after the Oakland A's, they had one of the worst attendances in, in past years with only 3,000 and 2,000 fans in back-to-back -back games, which has been which is less than most minor league teams. That's not a good sign. So. We've seen some reports come out that the MLB is looking to make some expansion teams in in the next three to five years, sometime around that range. So definitely watch out for, obviously, Las Vegas, which I think is probably going to be the leading candidate to get a team. But then also remember, we still got a lot more East Coast teams we could probably do. We could also do Portland. There's a lot of endless possibilities. So that is exciting, the fact that hopefully MLB will finally be up to 32 teams instead of 30. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on in the MLB world right now. The Colorado Rockies, they completely have probably outshined everyone's expectations. I did not expect the Rockies to be one of the best teams in the National League. Um, I also did not expect the um, Philadelphia Phillies to be one of the worst teams in the NL, considering the fact that they went out and got Kyle Schwarber, they got Nicholas Castellanos, and you know they, they have Bryce Harper. So... Definitely kind of disappointing for Philly fans, and obviously my Texas Rangers—they're just in a complete, they're in a complete slump right now. Marcus Simeon has not been playing up to expectations. I mean, I think he only has a couple hits right now in the season, which is not good at all for a guy that we're paying 175 million. Um, our minor league system—they look good. I mean, they do look really good. So there is, you know, hope for the future. But as of this season, it's just not looking pretty. So. But guys, I really do hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I want to once again give a huge shout out to my guys over at TCU, all the coaching staff, all the coaches, the players, most importantly, for being super generous. And I can't wait to see them ball out tonight. You know, 
it's just gonna be fun it's gonna be a great environment being back at the Carter so I hope y'all do check that out if y'all live in the Fort Worth area but nothing less guys I hope y'all have a fantastic Friday have a great weekend make sure you're watching plenty of sports go to some games you know enjoy time with your family and as always I hope y'all take care and I'll see y'all again on Monday peace